Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, This is my commandment. Love one another as I love you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you slaves because a slave does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have told you everything I have heard from my father. It was not you who chose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will remain so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you. This I command you, love one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, happy Easter. We are in day 34 of the 50 days from uh, resurrection to Pentecost, if you're counting. Um, today in our gospel, Jesus gives us this challenge to love one another as he does. Not just to love one another, but as he does. And he gives us a little bit of a clue as how he does when he says uh, um, to lay down one's life for one's friend. So it's unselfless love. That's how Jesus loved, unselfishly. Well, it's um, when we think about our love, uh, our love is always mixed up, even when it's unselfish, it gets mixed up with our own separate loves and our needs. We're just, that's the way we're built. We're human. Jesus, God, can love completely unselfishly because he has no needs. It doesn't get mixed up. He can love us completely unselfishly. It's interesting, the concept of God's love being both merciful and of justice happening at the same exact time. We think of, well, sometimes there's mercy and sometimes there's justice, but with God, it's always exactly at the same time. And we can look at the crucifix and we see that the ultimate, both mercy and justice at the same time. Now, this confusion that we get into on the road of life of us loving each other but getting tangled up with our own needs and love, I ran across a quote from C.S. Lewis that I really liked, and he said, and though there seem to be, and indeed are, a thousand roads by which a man could walk through the world, there is not a single one which does not lead sooner or later either to the beatific or the miserific vision. Well, the miserific vision, I hadn't really run across that word before, so I had to look it up, and it's uh, really about deception. Twisting that which was meant to be good, and, and now it's something that we live in, and we accept it, the, the evilness of it, or 
the distorted part of it and we stick to that. We think that's happiness. Well, so this reminded me uh, earlier this year, um, we have a very stubborn grandson who did not want to be potty trained. He liked the diaper. And there's lots of, you know, theories and strategies, but, you know, the one that you know, we were kind of gravitating towards the family, the, the small family that was focused was this three-day, you just got to spend every minute on these three days to try and, you know, uh, show the light. Well, so it ended up at a critical time where it was really just me and him, just the two of us. And, you know, there's a lot of pleading, really, at this uh, juncture, it was kind of a straight four-hour uh, engagement that I had with my grandson. And it was really interesting. At one point, I think he realized, this isn't going to go the way I want it to. And he became very, it was less protesting, and he really was pleading with me, he said, but I just don't want to. And he said it with such compassion that I realized he had built up a world where his happiness, this was a pivotal point of his life. He thought happiness was in this dirty diaper and somebody else taking care of him. And he thought anything outside of that would not be happiness. And he was really trapped. And he was worried because he could start to see that we were going to try to change this world of his. And I think this is really a good representation if we think about the struggles that we see with the rest of the world that looks at our Catholic faith and what we believe about life and what we believe about family. And it really is a challenge because people are in the world where they think the only happiness is what they know and they don't realize the happiness that we're really trying to talk about. And we, and we have to look at, but where does that come from? This isn't something that we made up and this takes us back to what we're reading today in the book of Acts. So it wasn't man trying to come up with these rules on how we would be happy. It, it became what we know today as the magisterium, the councils that the church goes through. So we see the very first one, and luckily for us, the Holy Spirit knew we needed to capture this in the book of Acts so we wouldn't forget about it. Because the Holy Spirit is at the root of this, as they say, the Holy Spirit and us have decided. The Holy Spirit. And that's how we have gotten to the point of understanding what we believe is God's plan for the true happiness that we can live on this earth. Now, it's also interesting that this happiness and the struggle that we try to figure out about understanding all these challenges to what we've been told is really bringing us closer to God. It's not just rules for us to live by. 
It's how we learn to love and understand God in a deeper way. So again, I wanted to go back to the early church fathers. So St. Augustine said, For while the hot restlessness of heretics stirs questions about many articles of the Catholic faith, the necessity of defending them forces us both to investigate them more accurately, to understand them more clearly, and to proclaim them more earnestly. And the question raised by an adversary becomes the occasion of instruction. We start to learn more about God's love, both justice and mercy, every time we're challenged. And to go further, Pope Gregory the Great said this, it's just a great line, God brings his heart near to us because being taught by contradiction, we more thoroughly learn to understand him. So these contradictions, these challenges to what we've been told is our faith, life, family issues, everything that challenges that society looks at our Catholic faith, this is an opportunity for us to learn to know God deeper and more fully. So we shouldn't shy away from contradictions. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be worried about what others are doing because the reality is it causes a deeper relationship that we have with God. And that's really a beautiful thing. That's what we're looking for as we march to Pentecost and beyond. How do we engage with the Holy Spirit? We don't worry about the contradictions. We look at opportunities to grow more in love in an unselfish way with our neighbors and with God. Let's stand and offer our petitions.